Well, the Buckeyes finally picked their starting quarterback. Did they make the right choice? I'll tell you. Locked on Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We always appreciate you everydayers as well. Of course, we're available wherever you get your podcasts, and we are free. And we're also on YouTube as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Well, the Buckeyes have QB1. Finally, we'll discuss, plus another Big Ten starting quarterback might not be starting week one, and we'll have our power rankings at the end of the show. Actually, it's a list I took from somebody else, and I got a lot of problems with it. I'll let you know what that is. Be um, uh, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast, and that way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. It's a great way to start your day, so uh, check all that out. Um, Finally. After a long, long summer battle, Ryan Day has made a decision. And I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt on this decision, right? And he's got a pretty good track record, which we shall discuss. I think he's got the right job, made the right choice for the starting quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes just days before they open up the season on the road in Bloomington to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. So it will be Kyle McCord. Of course, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown were going head-to-head all summer long in this battle. McCord gets the job, and he beat out Devin Brown, and he gets the honor of replacing C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Of course, somebody's always replacing somebody awesome at quarterback at Ohio State. That's just the way it goes. Big shoes to fill, though. Stroud was the number two pick of the NFL draft, and he was just named the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans for this fall. Look, we touched on this yesterday. McCord has a little bit more experience than Brown. And by a little bit of experience, I mean a little bit of experience. He has one uh, touchdown pass in his uh, college career. Although Brown was a higher-ranked recruit, so uh, he gave a valiant effort there. So we're left to wonder if neither was up to the task or do they have two quality starting quarterbacks there at Ohio State. Well, Ryan Day insists it was the latter, that he had two guys just battling it out. And again, as I said at the top, you got to give Ryan Day the benefit of the doubt here. He's got a tremendous track record with quarterbacks, and he figured out that he wants McCord to go uh, week one. But he also said, and he said, look, he's, McCord was just a little more consistent the past couple of weeks. That's all it came down to. Nobody was flashier than the other guy. Uh, nobody made more mistakes, I guess, than the other guy. Just uh, just McCord was really, really consistent. But Devin Brown will see some playing time this season. I got a couple of questions, though. You know, does this mean that McCord will be on a short leash? Ryan Day said he was just more consistent the past couple of weeks. Well, what if he has a couple of rough spells? Is he going to yank him right away and put in Devin Brown? And if so, is that going to give McCord, uh, is that going to hurt his confidence? You got to have confidence as a starting quarterback. You got to have confidence as a podcaster too. You can't take away somebody's confidence. 
So I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out, see if, if there's a lot of back and forth between the two, two-quarterback system or not. But, um, look, I, I think Day said uh, back in the media days and earlier that he had um, – first of all, he said there was going to be a quarterback competition. And I think a lot of people, myself included, thought it was McCord at that time. He says, no, it's going to be a true competition. And he said it'll work itself out. And he said uh, the way this usually works is two guys go head-to-head, and there, there's some separation, and it's obvious at some point who is the better quarterback. Well, that really didn't happen this summer. It never really materialized that way. And they admitted this is kind of new territory for him. So um, he let it play out right down to the wire here a couple days before their first game. But again, I I went into detail on this yesterday. I'll just kind of skim through it again. His track record at quarterback at Ohio State, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt that he made the right decision here with guys like JT Barrett. Dwayne Haskins, uh, Justin Fields, and C.J. Stroud. These guys have incredible touchdown-to-interception ratios. They take care of the football while also producing. Uh, They've all averaged like 4,000 yards passing per season and 40 touchdowns a year. It's incredible. You don't see numbers like that anywhere. And remember, I also pointed this out recently. Remember Joe Burrow? Yeah, he wasn't good enough. There were too many good quarterbacks ahead of him at Ohio State, that he had to transfer out to LSU, had his undefeated season with Ed Orgeron, won a national championship, so it worked out. And now he looks pretty awesome in the NFL, to be honest with you. But again, um, I don't I don't think uh, Ohio State was hurt by Joe Burrow leaving. I, I'm not saying that they made a mistake and picked the wrong guy. Uh, the guys I just mentioned, I mean, come on. Tremendous uh, college athletes. And so, again, Ryan Day made the right decision for now. Um, but if you've watched this podcast with any regularity and if you're an everydayer, uh, basically, look, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but it, it played out the way I said it would. It just wasn't the straightest of lines from point A to point B. I said all along back in June and July, I thought McCord would get the starting job and that Devin Brown would still play some. And that's exactly how this is going to play out for Ohio State. It just took a little longer than expected to get to the decision. Um, but uh, with Ryan Day telling us at Media Day that there was going to be an open competition, you know, I kind of questioned it at the moment, at the time. I was like, oh, come on, it's going to be McCord, right? No, that's, that, we got there, but that we got there Ryan Day's way, not my way. <laughs> so... Um, He had a true quarterback competition on his hands. And speaking of hands, great receivers for both of these quarterbacks to throw to. In fact, the two best in all of college football with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka. And, you know, back in my day, a quarterback's best friend was a great running back to hand the ball off to. Well, they got a couple of great running backs, too. And uh, Travion Henderson, who's back and healthy for his junior year. Of course, Mayan Williams, powerful running back out of Cincinnati. Nice one-two punch there. So you got a quarterback who's just won the job. He's got a couple of great running backs to hand off to. He's got the two best receivers in college football. This was an offense that just chunks at seven yards at a time. Can you, I mean, just whatever you do, handoff, pass, you're just going to average seven yards every time. You're short, uh, second and short every time. I mean, it's an offensive coordinator's dream, Brian Hartline. So I think everything is lining up and it's going to be really good. The question is, again, the offensive line. They're kind of putting in a few new guys there. And even if they're good, 
it's hard for an entire offensive line and offensive unit. You've heard me say this before to, to, to gel right away. Might take a game or two, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but that would be the one question mark for Ohio state's offense going into week one against Indiana. And how quickly are they able to put that together and, uh, and see if McCord is comfortable at quarterback. Look, Vegas says they're supposed to win the Indiana game by 30 points. That's the spread moved up from 28 and a half to 30. Um, Perfect opportunity for Ryan Day to start McCord and then put Brown in with plenty of time in the second half and work things out and kind of continue keeping an eye on both guys. And I think that's how it's going to, that's going to work out. Uh, But I told you Ryan Day, he made the right choice for now. We'd love your comments too Uh, on Twitter at talk big 10 and also right here on YouTube, especially if you're a Buckeye fan and uh, what you think about how this has played out Uh, later on. Pretty tough schedule. You know, they got to open up on the road. I mean, it's Indiana, but they got to open up on the road. They don't do that a lot. And I think a week four, they're at Notre Dame on the road. That's going to be a, a, a really key game for both teams to kind of see where they are. Nice little uh, litmus test, a little barometer for where they're at. They have a road game at Wisconsin, who's going to be pretty good this year. And, of course, the game at Michigan is at Ann Arbor. They also have a tough game at home against Penn State, so this is not an easy schedule. It would be hard for even a great season quarterback to be even, so I expect some up and downs from McCord. And again, Brown's going to go in there and play too. But uh, as of right now, it's going to be McCord to start it out with the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. And uh, again, would love your thoughts on Twitter at TalkBig10. Your comments are welcome there and on YouTube. And another Big Ten starting quarterback might, not be starting week one could be a problem here plus jim harbaugh wants his kids to be paid even more we have all that right here on locked on big 10 and we are brought to you by game time you know uh when you go out with friends maybe it's a game maybe it's a concert maybe it's the theater somebody's gotta get the tickets and then it becomes kind of a chore. It's like, oh, all right, I've got to get the tickets. Well, we're going to make it easy for you with Game Time. Browse through the Game Time app and talk about upcoming events in your area that you want to go to. And they've got these flash deals for last-minute uh, tickets, so you don't even have to like plan ahead, really. I always tell you that I love that you can click on the image of your seat and see your view before you go ahead and buy it. They've got the lowest price guarantee, cancellation protection, uh, game time, uh, the place it is the place to go for last second ticket deals, by the way. And they guarantee that you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less money, game time will credit you 110% of the difference, but they've got exclusive flash deals on these tickets. It's for football. They've gone for basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, anything you can think of game time is where you need to go. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And uh, you get the tickets in a matter of seconds, a couple of taps on your phone, boom, it gets sent to your phone. You don't have to fumble through email or anything like that. So uh, you can snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code lockdown college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code lockdown college for $20 off. So download Game Time today. 
Again, Locked On College is the code for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So a couple of days ago, we checked in on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And, you know, I've been talking big about the Hawkeyes all summer long. And now you everyday listeners know my position on Cade McNamara. Is he the greatest quarterback ever? No. Did he lead Michigan to a Big Ten title and a college football playoff appearance before transferring to Iowa? Yes. Was Iowa's offense really bad last year? Yes. Does McNamara have to be Tom Brady in order for the Hawkeyes to win? No, not even close. You know, it's my contention that Iowa's offense was so bad last year and their defense was so good that McNamara just has to come in there and just kind of lift the offense up to just being average, just okay, because they were bad. Now, if he's just okay, like they were in a lot of close, low-scoring games, and, and they won their fair share actually yesterday, but they can win a lot more if they have some offense. The defense is going to be good again this year. And again, he's just got to bring the offense up a little bit. That's the formula that can get Iowa into the Big Ten championship game. And um, if you follow Iowa football, though, you know that McNamara, first of all, is coming off a knee surgery. He was limited in the spring, right? This summer, uh, on August 13th, he fell awkwardly and hurt his leg. He just now got back into practice. He's been cleared medically and all that. But they're saying he's questionable for Saturday's opener against Utah State. Between the surgery and the little tweak of the leg he had and all that, uh, Kirk Ferentz is just being very cautious. But he also, with him getting back into camp this late, you know, he wonders how effective he can be. And so he's questioning whether he's going to start him or not. Um, I kind of, I mean, I, I don't blame him for thinking that way, but. My main concern, you know, McNamara, he's got the resume. He's 13-3 and three as a starter at Michigan. Threw for 2,500 yards, 15 touchdown passes in the 2021 season. And um, if he can't go, Iowa has Deacon Hill. He's going to start. He's a transfer from Wisconsin. He appeared in exactly one game for the Badgers, but he didn't throw a single pass. That's a big difference in experience right there. So... Hawkeye fans, I know there's a lot of there's some optimism out there. I know there is. And if he can't go, he he's had so few snaps with the team. Maybe that's what Kirk Ferentz is really worried about. You know, he really didn't do much in the spring and he didn't he missed basically all a camp here just sitting on the sidelines watching in the summertime. Maybe maybe he's like not ready. To, it's not a physical thing. Maybe he's just not ready to be quarterback of this team. He hasn't had enough snaps. Maybe? I don't know. He's got a lot of experience in Michigan, but maybe he's not ready to go. So keep an eye on that. In Ann Arbor, speaking of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, as you know, is getting ready to sit out the first three games. They got East Carolina on Saturday due to his suspension. He still is running practice. He's still doing media. He's still uh, doing his weekly press conferences on Monday, and he did this past Monday and spent the bulk of his time at that press conference talking about how student-athletes gives so much to this game and the sport of football that they should reap even more money 
from from the product that they produce. Now they're they're getting nil, a name, image, and likeness. They're they're getting paid nowadays. But he really um, wanted to go to bat for the student athletes again. It was kind of odd that he used that time and that platform to do it. But then again, the more I thought about it, it's Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's really not that weird. Um, he says, look, coaches and athletic departments get millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars if you want to throw in the TV deals. And he wants his athletes to get a bigger slice of the pie. Anyway, it was just it was an unusual moment. Uh, his first you know, press conference before his first game, which he won't be at because of the suspension. And he spent his time talking about that. It was interesting. Uh, also, Thursday night, we start the season with the Big Ten. We got Nebraska and Minnesota. I was actually going to talk about that more today, but then the Ohio State story broke with their quarterback story, and we decided to jump on that. Uh, but we'll get into this more. Uh, Matt Rule will be making his debut for the Cornhuskers, going against P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. But some bad news for the Huskers. Their tight end and former five-star tight end, uh, uh, Eric Gilbert, who's had an interesting career so far. He was arrested early Tuesday on suspicion of burglary in Lincoln, Nebraska. He was allegedly seen carrying a bag of liquor, uh, a bag out of a liquor and vape store. It was after 2 a.m. The police came. They found a glass door shattered, and they found Gilbert with a bag, and it had $1,600 worth of stolen items. First of all, right there, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. And also, look, players are getting paid these deals. They got an opportunity. Why are we, why are we robbing a place? Why? Anyway, Rule wouldn't comment on Gilbert's availability moving forward. Uh, there's a couple of circumstances. I'll get to those. But he began his career at LSU, actually played, and then decided to transfer to Florida after his first year at LSU. But before he got to Florida, he changed his mind again, and he transferred to Georgia. Didn't really play there. He had a bunch of personal problems, and then ended up transferring to, to uh, Nebraska, where he – before this incident, he was awaiting on an eligibility ruling from the NCA before the arrest happened. I mean, you can make one transfer, you play right away. You make multiple transfers, you're supposed to sit out. So I don't know what his future is right now, but that was not a smart move by him. I want to thank you guys for uh, making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. Uh, always appreciate, especially the ones that come back every day. Our uh, first Big Ten game is a day from now that we just mentioned, right? We're going to be all over it. Meanwhile, I'm going to ask all of you to subscribe. When we started this channel, we took it over. It already existed in late June. Had about 1,200 subscribers. We're over 3,000 now, thanks to you guys. If you haven't subscribed, I'm asking you right now, a little call to action, if you will. Just click the little subscribe button at the bottom. It's free. It helps us out, and it gets us in front of you more often. Would really, really appreciate you subscribing on YouTube. And no matter where or how you're consuming the show, share, follow, like us on Lockdown Big Ten. Tell a friend who likes Big Ten or an alum, uh, Big Ten alum that you like this uh, podcast. Share it with them. We'd really appreciate it. And then you all could be part of our little Big Ten club. Uh, coming up next hour is our weekly feature that we will do. It is uh, power rankings in the middle of the week. And starting next week, I'm going to start power ranking the Big Ten teams every single every single week. Um but since we don't have the games just yet, I got one more thing. I saw a list ranking the Big Ten defenses, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm going to tear it up. You can help me. It's all coming up next on Lockdown Big Ten.
All right, power rankings. Defenses. I found this list, and I'm going to put it up on the screen for those watching on video, uh, but I'll explain it in detail for those listening on audio only. Uh, Big Ten power rankings, best defenses, uh, one through ten. And this is from SpartansWire.USAToday.com, kind of a combo collab, if you will. I'm going to put this up on the board, and then we're going to go through it. Uh, let's start at the bottom. We got Maryland at number ten. I mean, fine. These aren't the greatest defenses here. We're starting at the bottom at number 10. Mike Loxley, though, did hit the transfer portal. Got a lot of big, beefy guys up there up front on the defensive line. He's got a lot of depth that he can rotate. So we'll see. See if there's some improvement with the Maryland defense this year. At number nine, the Purdue Boilermakers. Ryan Walters, head coach. Defensive guy, defensive coordinator at Illinois last year. In fact, Illinois statistically had the best defense in the Big Ten, and he's he parlayed that into a head job at uh, head coaching job at Purdue, and bringing in some portal guys. Let's see how long it takes to gel. But he's nine, Purdue ninth best defense. I don't have any problems with this so far. At number eight, Michigan State. Again, they had some problems last year. Guys got hurt. Mel Tucker made a huge investment in uh, portal guys, the front seven of the defense. They, if they're not better on defense, they're going to be disappointed. They're expecting to be a lot better on defense this year. All right. So they are number eight at number seven, the Minnesota golden Gophers. Look, they were pretty good last year and they got a lot of guys back. They've got eight upperclassmen in the starting lineup on the defense and six of them are seniors. So they should be pretty decent. At number six, Illinois. Again, I just mentioned they were the best, statistically the best defense in the Big Ten last year. Ryan Walters is gone. We'll see how that impacts them. They lost a lot of nice talent to the NFL. And we'll see if they replace it at Illinois for Brett Bielema. They are at number six. Here's where I start having problems with this list. At number five, Michigan. This is too low. This needs to be higher up. At the very least, if we're going to have a conversation, Michigan's got to be in the top three. Some of them will say the top two. I mean, you start with Chris Jenkins clogging up the defensive line and then you work your way back. The linebackers, this is a this is a this is a good defense. Really good. Fifth best? No way. And then I got to thinking, you know what? This is Spartan Wire. Spartan Wire USA today. Maybe there's some anti-Michigan bias there. Maybe. They should be a lot higher. I mean, what are you going to nitpick on the Michigan D that their second and third stringers in the secondary, their depth isn't as good? I, I don't know. I'm Maybe. At number four, they have the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is going to be an important uh, situation to evaluate throughout the year. Last year, I thought Ohio State looked pretty good on defense until the last two games of the year. They only gave up 17 points a game the first 11 games of the season. They looked really good. They looked borderline great. And then the last two games against Michigan and Georgia in the playoffs, they gave up 44 points a game. They got to fix that. They got to fix that. Those explosive big plays that they gave up in the last two games of the season. If that has been fixed, then Ohio State is going to be ranked pretty high defensively. At number three, Iowa. They lost a lot of talent to the NFL. They do. Uh, um, they lost a couple of first rounders, as a matter of fact. 
but uh, they got some talent. Cooper Dijon is uh, Cooper Dijon is is a kid you want to watch. The cornerback, he is all over the place. An interception machine. Uh, return three of them to the house for pick sixes. Penn State at number two. I might have them number one. If I don't have Michigan at number one, I would have. Like I said, Michigan's a top two, maybe top one. Penn State is one or two. That's how you flip it. They're deep. You got Chop Robinson at defensive end. You got Kalen King at uh, at corner. It's ridiculous. All future NFLers all over the place. And the biggest part, number one, they've got Wisconsin. I, again, I just I mentioned the two or three teams that I would have ahead of them. I'm not going to knock Wisconsin. They got four of their five top tacklers coming back. Uh, they've got seniors on the defensive line. CJ uh, Getz uh, is, is a six-year linebacker. Uh, Muma Jangmeda comes back. Um, we've been talking a lot about their air raid offense. Haven't talked too much about their defense. But, yeah, Wisconsin, the best defense in the Big Ten. I'm not going to besmirch them. They're not going to be bad. I wouldn't put them at number one. So that's my problem with the list here today. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Lots of opinions on this. No wrong answers on this quiz. Hit me up at uh, at Talk Big Ten on Twitter, or hit me up with some comments here on YouTube. I'll get back to you. Absolutely love it. All right, the season is upon us, man. It's uh, Nebraska Minnesota Thursday night. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. And every day is our next show. We'll have the latest from Big Ten camps, and we get ready for that season opener that we just talked about and many ways for you to interact again always hit me up at talk big 10 on twitter or on youtube and one more time gonna ask subscribe 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 please and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of lockdown big 10 as soon as it becomes available each and every day and uh we will uh we'll catch you tomorrow for another one the season is upon us i'm craig sheeman for lockdown big 10 thanks for checking us out